You're listening to Everyday Humanity. everybody to our fourth episode of everyday humanity we are in season two and as always we're really happy that you're here with us so this week you are stuck with me your host beth fisher i'm happy to be back with you and introduce to you a very special guest this week so with us we have scott yonkoff of next step of west michigan and equally as excited to be here i'm looking at his face i'm going to tell you that that's true um, is David Bolt, who works hand in hand with Scott at Next Step, and he is my uh, rotating co-host this week. So, hi, you guys! Happy you're here. Hello, Hello Beth. Yes. Hello. Nice I, to be here. Yes, I, I love having um, this whole forum whereby our listeners can just kind of sit back and learn and and ask questions of themselves that they inevitably come back to us and say, you know what, we heard this on the show, and we have more questions. That's the whole point of Everyday Humanity to understand that we're in this thing called life together that we show up and we work and we serve alongside one another for the benefit of others. And I'm just, I'm really thankful to be here, especially today with you guys. So Scott, I am gonna start with you. Sure. You have a story as we all do. And I remember the first time I heard it thinking, wow, I think that was really it. And you know, I'm a woman of a lot of words. So to just say wow was kind of a big deal. Wow, and I'm a man of few words, so. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how this goes. <laughs> right. But if you would please, you know, in your own words, and as comfortable as you are with sharing what it is, I, I'd love to know how it is that you came to be a part of starting Next Step. And one more thing I want to say to our listeners is that we merged, right, with Next Step. And, yes. Um, and that was back in July of 2020. Right. Yeah. And so. The day before my 60th birthday. Wow. I didn't know that part. send on the button. And that's what it all comes down to. Restated Articles Incorporation. Click off to the state of Michigan, and it's finalized. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, that's been almost two years. Happy birthday. Yeah, right. Maybe let's start here then. Before we go into your story about why you started Hmm. Next Step, can you tell us what Next Step is in the main? Sure. Um, Next Step is a nonprofit organization that exists to provide uh, paid employment, hope, and and help to people that are on the margins, people that don't have access to some of the power structures that mm-hmm. that uh, I've been afforded, certainly growing up, um, and many of us that have access to because of, a lot of times, just the color of our skin. So we exist to uh, help some folks who, who say they want a chance to get back on the horse, so to speak, right? They want a chance to prove themselves, made some mistakes, and they want a fresh start. So... So we say welcome and and come on. Mm-hmm. Love it. And what year did you start Next Step? Next Step officially um, right around 15 years ago, I think. It's been it's been 20 years since I've been working in the 49507 area of our city. Started out renting um, houses to people that no one else would rent to, and that kind of led into um, forming a nonprofit and starting Next Step. Mm-hmm. And before that, what'd you do? Before that, I owned a fastener company that actually, interestingly enough, located on South Division. So I've spent a good chunk of my time the last, uh, you know, 21, 22 years on South Division, which sounds crazy uh, for a guy that grew up out in Forest Hills in a very privileged life. 
Um, so I owned a fastener company, and, and really that was a, a start of where I had a heart transformation. And that was a result of going out and offering a coat off my back to a guy in the middle of winter. Um, he's pushing a shopping cart. He was hammered and uh, didn't look like he had much hope and looked like he needed some help, so I gave him my coat. And uh, the look in his eye really uh, was one that... Um, uh, softened my heart, encouraged me, softened my heart. He was uh, full of despair, full of hope, um, amazed, thankful, sorrowful, a lot of stuff going on there. And it began a heart transplant with me um, that ultimately led within about a year of that to me selling that business, feeling called to sell my business and, and go off into something that I didn't know what. And fortunately, my uh, my wife, Sherry, my beautiful wife of almost 36 years, was on board. And um, and so I sold the business and didn't know what I was going to do. Uh, I had three young daughters at home. We were living out in a house I just built out in Caledonia and um, ventured off down into the 49507 area, renting out houses to men who needed housing, uh, needed work, found that out really quick. And... Um, and uh, bought a building on South Division and didn't know what we were going to do with it. Um, and so I started hiring guys coming into my life needing work. And, and that eventually led to Next Step being um, set up as a 501c3 through the uh, help of an attorney friend who helped me get set up, and, and we were off and running. So, so in summary, if yeah. I can say, so this was basically you just taking a giant leap of faith. I heard, yeah. heard you say you had no idea. No idea what I was going to do. And, you know, I was thinking about that earlier. Um, today, I just had um, a meeting with Tracy from Cornerstone Church. She was just by a couple hours ago. We were sitting down and was reminiscing about that. And I remember early on we helped. Um, we were part of a startup for Cornerstone Church. And I remember being part of a missions committee and a retired um, Methodist pastor came in. He had been involved in some missions work, and he, t and, he, and, and he talked about Jesus as saying, whatever you do under the least of these, you do unto me. Mm -hmm. and, and we all know that, right? Now we all know that. Anyone involved in church or in the Bible of any time, oh, yeah, yeah, we've all got our favorite verses. But for me, at that point, that was like a light bulb and a revelation and a stirring in my heart that went off that that began this road to then going down to Degage and cooking breakfast for people. And and then, yeah, on it goes, on and on mm -hmm. it goes, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, taking a leap of faith and that. trusting, right? Yeah. Being more, that's one of my prayers recently. May, may I be filled more with opportunities to trust than I am consumed with figuring out God or understanding the correct belief system, mm -hmm. right? Opportunities to trust. Yeah, I love that. That's a very good prayer. And so, David, can you talk to us a little bit about when you came to Next Step, when that was, and what it is that you do there? Absolutely. So Scott and I met uh, via Zoom, I believe, Yeah, our first meeting. Yeah, sure was. So this was during COVID. This was in, I believe, May of 2020. And uh, our family and I were still currently living in London at the time and contemplating moving back to the U.S. I'd lived abroad, family and I had lived abroad for a number of years and 
looking at moving back and where to locate, and I heard about Next Step uh, from a friend of mine, and I'd never heard about it before. So got a chance to talk to Scott and just share with him where my heart was. God had led me down this path of woodworking and furniture making and also doing training. Um, I had st helped start a training institute in southern Morocco, and so I had shared those experiences with Scott, and he said, yeah, let's talk. We need, we need to talk about what, what we're doing here at Next Step. So. That's interesting. I didn't know that part of your story. Oh, okay. I really didn't. Um, I just obviously knew the first time I came to Next Step and I saw the manufacturing center and the things that you were literally making out of nothing, I thought, this is incredible. Mm -hmm. And so you had that formative training? Is that how that, what, like, how did you learn to become a craftsman as you are? Yeah, so I think everybody, when they're in college, they realize they don't no, have do, a clue. <laughs> they don't know what they want to do with their life. And yeah. so, I had a similar experience. I went to Calvin and Aquinas. I grew up in Grand Rapids in West Michigan. I uh, have a lot of family here, lovely memories. Um, but when I was about a junior, I realized I loved working with wood. And so I actually went off to North Carolina. I got some formal training in woodworking. I went to a great program called Fine and Creative Woodworking, honed my skills, and then spent the rest of my years um, either owning a business, doing um, woodworking, custom furniture making, or working for others. And so during my time in Morocco, which I'm happy to share with you if there's time, yeah, uh, during my time in Morocco, I uh, started the business there and also had the opportunity to start a training center in southern Morocco in, in the Highlands Mountains. And that was really, really formative for me, for my family, and uh, for what I'm doing uh, at Next Step. I, I was able to get some experiences. You know, training is you know, different language. They, they, they speak Arabic and Berber in the mountains of Morocco, um, but there's a lot of similarities. Guys, men and women, they want some hope, they want some work. Um, they've struggled in high school. We, we've dealt with a lot of high school dropouts. And so now that I'm working with some folks at Mel Trotter and others in the community, I see a lot of similarities. People just want a second chance, maybe it's a third chance, um, but they want uh, to build some skills to, to get back on their feet. So I shared that vision with Scott. I said, I think God's getting, bringing me into a space of training and um, workforce development and spiritual development within our own city. You know, I'm, I'm from West Michigan. I haven't been back in 12 years. And is there an opportunity with you? And he says, I think you said, Scott, I have a similar vision or we've been doing that. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it wasn't a formal training program, right? We talk about that quite a bit where where really everything that goes on inside the building is next step, but this was, this was a different approach. This was more intentional, and mm -hmm. again, um, in a lot of ways, another leap of faith. Right here, I am, one hand locked in my offices. We're shut down at next step, beginning of COVID stages. Talking with David over Zoom as he's sitting in London, talking about bringing him on talking with leadership at Mel Trotter about um, merging our organizations, right? It's a crazy time, but you're right, David. It was, we had the same vision for some more formalized training. Mm -hmm. We see the need for it in our city, mm -hmm. for sure. We, we see it in the people that come through the doors and, and it's, still, it's still evolving. We dove, we dove right in, you mm -hmm. dove right in. You've done a lot of heavy lifting there and it's really starting to bear some good fruit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so talk to us a little bit about what that, um, sort of the cohorts I know that you mm -hmm. guys lead and have, what that looks like, how our guests become involved in that program, just for anybody that has not yet heard of this, what that actually looks like. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we run a seven week uh, skills training program. It's 
specifically based around woodworking, um, manufacturing, um, and so we're able to partner with Mel Trotter and other agencies and others in the community as well, which is really great. Um, so, you know, a guest might come to us and say, hey, I'm interested in, in learning this trade and what do I need to do? So we'll do a tour of Next Step. We'll show them our facilities and even have maybe a two or three hour little workshop where we make something small and that's really meaningful. They walk away with this just a very small object they've made and they think, okay, I can do this and I can actually thrive in this, in this field. And then um, we, we include them in the next cohort, which we run every couple months. And uh, during that process, they go from uh, part-time training into adding some additional hours uh, at Next Step, or even partner employers say, hey, you know, I'd li- I like this person. I'd, I'd consider bringing them on. Would, could they do a trial here? And so we've set up trial opportunities for people to come in and get their feet wet in a partner uh, place of employment. And that's been, that's been excellent. So mm-hmm. we've, we've got some scattered throughout the city that we work with, and new ones continue to, to contact us as well. So, mm-hmm. so paid workforce development. Absolutely. Yes. yes. Yeah. It is paid workforce. I mean, the good thing is, it, is that it is paid for mm-hmm. a half a day. It's $10 an hour. The challenge is there needs to be some real support services around people. You can't go very far on $10 an hour if, you're, if you don't have paid housing and some food or somebody involved in your life where it, 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 where there's that's a great opportunity right mm-hmm. with Mel Trotter for for that to expand um, because there is there is plenty of people that um, need the opportunity mm-hmm. and, Absolutely. and yeah. have that support service around them already yeah and that's it you're exactly right Scott that's the the fit right one of the yeah. many fits that we have between our organizations and now you know obviously under one umbrella but last week I think it was I was interviewing a couple of the guests um, who are staying with us in the new area of, of two two five commerce that has been recently renovated under a capital campaign and I was there speaking with them and they were talking to me about their days and they were just saying we have learned so much mm-hmm. and they were just sharing um, you know their very specific and unique journeys and how they had lost people and come up through trauma or whatever that looks like right and really what one individual it still sticks with me what he said was when my wife died my world stopped mm-hmm. he said this is this is the world that I have known for 20 plus years and now I don't know anything anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do next. And so his life essentially just stopped. And it's for it really takes people believing in one another mm-hmm. to come alongside and say, I still see you. You know, we can do this together. Let me help pick you up. Let me be the hands and feet that you need in this moment of perhaps when you feel paralyzed by grief. You know, let me be that to you. And so you could just see him start to light up a bit about people in his life who care about him, who are showing him things, who are helping him, again, believe in himself and and in God. So talk to us a little bit about those stories, right? The people that you have just mentored to over the course of your time there. Yeah, there's so many, there's so many encouraging stories. I mean, there's, there's encouraging stories when, when you're present, right? I mean, whether it's, for me, some amazing times have happened when I've stepped out of my comfort zone, whether it's been walking down South Division, man coming walking towards me i say how you doing i expect to hear the answer that i'm used to hearing out in the suburbs fine even if someone's life's falling apart right oh doing great right this guy says no i'm doing not good what's the standard response to give him oh i'll pray for you that's what i said to him he sticks out his hands he says right now so there i am standing on south division holding hands with this african-american gentleman who's weeping as, as, as we're praying together, right? 
there's there's just recently the story of Taco, who mm-hmm. was down in in uh, training, who was reunited with his daughter after 15 years, right? And and so to remind people, I try to remind people that that we're not what we do. They're not, we're not the things that we have and we're not what other people say about us, right? Those are the ego games. But wh- who are we? We're beloved daughters and sons of God. So as we live out this love with other people, when I can get that right, which it's not easy, mm-hmm. but when we can get that right and have grace and live out love, that's when the walls break down. That's when the transformation happens. That's when the healing takes place my mom always told me you know the older we get right the smarter our parents become for (laughs) sure yeah i'm the mom of a 25 year old i'm telling you this is this is the way it works and um but my mother always would say things to me when i would be younger and and less experienced relationally or in the world and i would just probably be complaining about somebody and she would say honey you know the people that are the hardest to love are the ones who need the most love Mm -hmm. and and she said this is something that it looks and feels differently, but there is not one person in the world who is acting out in a way that is bothersome to you or to society or to expectations that isn't truly breaking and hurting on the inside. Yes. And it takes people to recognize that instead of turning their backs on them mm-hmm. to say, wow, you're, you're grumpy, you're annoying, you're fill in the blank, so therefore I'm not even going to bother. The opposite is true. And so you started this with saying, you know, the least of these, but yet stories like Taco, right? Stories like all of the folks who have come through Next Step and Mel Trotter alike. It's just you see that they sort of return to the people that, that they've always been, the people that God created them to be, made in his image. Yes. And so that's just the most, um, I think, gratifying feeling to know that it's not us. You know, we're not doing this. We are just doing what we're called to do, which is to love each other well. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Right. And, I, and I've found, too, Beth, that people that I've worked with, folks that I've worked with, really want to be pursued. Um, you know, they, they, want to, they want to feel valued, um, and they want to learn, as do I. And so there's this great learning opportunity together where, you know, it's just not just how's your day, you know, as Scott alluded to, but it's really kind of digging into some deeper issues and things that are going on in their lives. And and building that trust over those weeks, it, it, it's amazing how much people will be willing to share after just a week or two mm-hmm. um, and seeking help. But it, it doesn't have to be over the top. You know, we, we have some mentors, we have some others that come through our training program and just want to have a conversation with people and they'll share. And it just, you know, maybe it's a prayer one day, maybe if it's, maybe if it's just an idea another day. Um, but it's, it's amazing really how much people value feeling loved and pursued and kind of shown a new path for their lives. So, mm-hmm. yeah. It's one of the things that Dennis always talks about, and I do miss Dennis today as our co-host. I'd like to say that out loud in case he's listening, and it's also true. Um, but Dennis will of, often tell folks, you know, um, people do not first become homeless because of a lack of money. They first become homeless because of a lack of relationship. Mm-hmm. And that is what you guys continue to do at Next Step is to pour into people and relationally say, I'm here for you. And mm-hmm. you know, through the, the paid workforce development programs and just through the things that you're offering there, it's not only that, but, and, but the soft skills of saying, you know what, you are valued enough and you are important enough to be at work on time. Mm-hmm. You know, these are the things that perhaps others and 
their lives have not poured into them and shown them because they felt like they were devalued, not worth being shown these things too, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's just this beautiful reciprocity, I think, in terms of when you're doing that, what you're receiving. And Scott, when you took the leap of faith, you know, it wasn't about you. You did not do that for any other reason because you literally gave the coat off of your back to someone in need. Right. It was a stirring, it was a spirit stirring inside of me and prompting my heart to move in an area that I wasn't comfortable with because my attitude before that was one that was one of get a job, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, what's the matter with you, mm-hmm. right? All those hard-hearted um, responses. And it can be easy to, you know, for me it can be easy, especially on a day like today, to be distracted by the suffering that's going on in the world as we sit here right now. Um, and, and, and what can we do about it, right? Well, there's not a lot that I can personally do about Ukraine and the innocents and that are being harmed. But, but what we do have control over is our sphere of influence and those that are close to us. So to be kind, to demonstrate grace, to pour into people's lives, perhaps in, in a small way, is doing something about it in this world. Mm-hmm. I'm interested, one of the things that you said that you, before this leap of faith, you used to think that that's all people had to do, right? Just do for yourself and pull yourself up by the bootstrap, go get a job, this will right. all be fine. Yep. After doing the work that you've done for so long here, how has that changed? What would you say to folks that perhaps still might think that way? How has it changed you in your perception? Um, I would think um, to have a new point of view would be to engage with someone in that situation where an individual might look at someone and not feel they have much value. Take the time to get to know them, step out of your own comfort zone. And I think when we do that, uh, we see new perspectives and our and our hearts are changed. That's not specific to me, right? I mean, that opportunity exists for everyone every day to do that. And it's not a one-time event. That opportunity exists for me here and now and as I walk out the door wherever wherever we are so I guess it's to to step out and and get to know somebody that's in a different life situation mm-hmm. than what you might be in right now yeah be proximate yeah how, yeah. how can actually people come in and check out next step I'd love to know this too I know how to get there but I'd like <laughs> other people to show up too what how do you engage folks in our community yeah so we do have a website it's nextstep.org, nextstep-wm.org. Sorry, I better get that right. And um, so on there, I would say folks can check out our blog page. There's a lot of good information with some good photographs of our training cohorts that have come through and also a a flyer. So if if somebody knows someone or is actually interested in our training, if they're experiencing barriers in life, barriers to employment, or know somebody that's experienced in those things, they can contact me directly. I've got a phone number listed on that blog page and also an email address. I'd love to talk to somebody. We have a, a new program, a new session starting up on Monday, uh, March 7. Um, so that will be uh, that'll be good to see some new faces in there as well. So That's good. And they can do it. Usually people that are interested in our training program, they do a tour. Um, and like I said before, we do just a little workshop activity. So happy to organize that as well. So. Yeah, we've got a contact page on our website where folks can reach out and We'll all see that email and, and uh, hopefully get back to someone with some information if they want to reach out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. No, you guys are always very, very welcoming. And I want to pivot for one second because the products that you make, by the way, this is not being 
being salesy or otherwise driving people to e-commerce. However, they're amazing, their products. And I know we had just an incredible surge before um, the holiday season, before Christmas. And we, we were always, our team was, was talking to you, David, specifically going, okay, how many cutting boards do we need? How many charcuterie <laughs> boards? And we were like, how do you say charcuterie? Like, you know, they're, they're very important questions. But talk to us about what right now you're making. Um, just, I know there's like a new Michigan sort of. Yeah. That's awesome. I know. It's beautiful. Have you seen a photo of that Yes. One? All right, good. Yes. So we're developing a new Michigan charcuterie board. It's, you know, the, the, the UP, God bless you, free from the UP, uh, but you're normally forgotten about. Um, so we've got the UP and Lake Michigan and the Lower Peninsula all together in this very colorful charcuterie board with some different woods and things. And we're developing a couple different sizes. And then we have lots of other styles of charcuterie boards, cutting boards, candle holders, little nesting tables, those are fun. Um, but we do all those in our training area, and these are ways that we can give folks uh, an opportunity to do some limited production runs of things, also sell them online, and we've been partnering with Mel Trotter doing that. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, I bought um, my daughter some of the candle holders for Christmas. As I mentioned, I get smarter the older she gets. Um, she loved them. No, they're beautiful. They're right yeah. in your apartment, so it's awesome. Scott, what else do you want us to know in general about Next Step and about your journey there and what you're excited about perhaps for the future. Yeah, you know, we see, we moved into Garden Street roughly five years ago, a beautiful building that um, we completely renovated with the help of the community. Um, and and that's, when people come in, that's, they see that building and they think that's all of Next Step, right? But we've got a construction division that, that brings in as much or more revenue than everything that happens within that building. We've got four houses being renovated right now. We've, we've got some great partnerships with the city where we perform quite a bit of work. And we've got some exciting things happening in the future. We've, we've got some plans um, for some housing that will be on board soon, some expansion and manufacturing. So we're, we're excited not for necessarily the, the types of work that we'll do, but who we can engage by increased work. Because even though there's a... There's a, a really tight labor market. That's not a newsflash, right? But, but there are um, quite a few people that need an opportunity to learn how to work in many cases and learn what it means to show up every day. So, so through the projects, through the things that we make, through the houses that we renovate, those are great teaching opportunities. Mm -hmm. Holistic approach, really, right? Yeah. And that's what you said, people come alongside. And, you know, we talk often, too, about um, low-income housing and the things, the transitional homes you guys are, are a part of. And you renovated some of our building as part of the capital campaign. Incredible work that you continue to do. Yeah. Yeah, we've got a great group of great group of guys and ladies. It's not just men. We've got um, three three. Ladies working, three women now, I think, right? Mm -hmm. um, one just graduated training, taking taken on a supervisory role out in our manufacturing space. So we've got some new people coming on board in construction, and we've got um, a lot of work right now. We really do, which is um, a better challenge to have than not having enough work. Sure, sure. And yeah. what's also really cool, I think, is that after some of these cohorts conclude, people are then often placed in, mm -hmm. in full-time employment. And so that's gone really well for many of the folks that have come through, right? Yeah, it has. We've got a number of, and it's growing as well. I just got a new uh, manufacturer contact us today. They said, hey, we're interested in, in hiring some of your graduates. So that's good. So those conversations happen, it seems like, about weekly. Um, but we just want to make sure that people who go through and graduate 
and get connected with employment, just do the best they can to succeed. So we've had a lot of conversations with folks at Mel Charter, just making sure that we kind of support um, folks as best we can, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so some of the people who have perhaps been uh, homeless or who have been kind of isolated or on their own, we need to we need to understand how we can best work together mm -hmm. um, to learn from each other. So that that is a challenge, to be honest, but it's 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 a blessing as well. So yeah, I love it. You guys, world changers over here. I mean, showing up in the lives of other people, right? There's there's just nothing better. And I can tell you that from you know, this seat of this round table, um, I'm just very personally grateful, and I know I speak on behalf of everybody else at Mel Trotter, that we are grateful for our partnership and for the work that you're doing, and just incredible. Mm. Yeah, we're grateful too, Beth. The partnership came along just at the right time. Um, there's some really good good things that we're working on and a lot of, a lot of uh, synergies there where we can, we can uh, help a hurting world for sure. Mm -hmm. Okay, so one takeaway before we wrap up. I'd like to know some sort of funny story something yeah see he's looking he's looking at me like all right there's so many scott we've right. we've been on retreats together and um i just you know something that in the course of the day david anything that you know as a co-host here yeah what can you tell us about scott that he hasn't oh, shared my goodness that will still allow you to walk through the doors tomorrow go ahead <laughs> well i think when you hired me on you didn't have such a fuzzy beard but now you're getting you're getting pretty woolly but yeah <laughs> no yeah. um i think one of the coolest stories was just how scott engaged with taco um, you know, I, don't, I think he shared a bit of detail about that, but I, you know, to see that happen. So Scott came to me some more, what was it, just last week, yeah. and he says, I'd really like to share with the group before they graduate. They're graduating tomorrow. I'm just going to go down and share some words that I feel God's laid on my heart. So he went downstairs, he encouraged them, and he specifically talked to this guy named Taco, David is his nickname, um, and he said, I just want to share with you, encourage you, and he, I think you encouraged him to reach out to his brother. Mm -hmm. His brother in California reached out to his daughter in Grand Rapids, and he was standing out front the morning of graduation, standing outside, and his daughter literally showed up out of the blue. He hadn't seen her in over 10 years, and it was just an incredible moment. But that encouragement, that leading from the Holy Spirit to talk to Taco, who then talked to his brother and his, and his daughter, and, and so now they, they've, they've tried to make a fresh start. So. I don't know if that's a funny story, but that's certainly a takeaway from Scott. That's how Scott lives his life. Yes, so. yes, takeaway. Yeah, yeah. I'm, it's funny maybe that I'm crying because that <laughs> takes a lot for me to do. But, yeah, I'm over here with, with just tears of joy because that is the kind of guy you are. Yeah. And, yeah, very appreciative. Well, you guys, thank you. I have really, really enjoyed this time with you. I am happy that you said yes to this invitation. Thanks, Matt. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for allowing me to be co-host, Beth. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> All right, you guys. Thank you for joining us here this week again on Everyday Humanity, and we will see you next week. Mm -hmm.